You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators go to sell more of their online courses. I'm your host, Jono Petrohilos, and I'm very excited because we've got a very special guest on the line this week, all the way from Southampton in the UK. A little bit about this person. She's a video coach for online course creators who want to increase the quality of their video lessons and stand out in the marketplace. She's won numerous European and international competitions with video, and she's gained a bachelor's degree in film and video productions. Plus, she's got over 15 years experience. So video is something she knows a a thing or two about. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Demelza Marie. Demelza, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Yes, I'm awesome. Demelza, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? I do. It is, um, in the end, we only regret the chances that we didn't take. And I think this Mm -hmm. is something that uh, as we, as entrepreneurs, as course creators, sometimes it can get challenging on the journey Mm. and it's tempting to give up. But I think what's important to remember is that, um, when we look back at our lives, we're not going to regret those things we tried and we went for. We're going to regret it if we don't actually give it a go. And yes. I think this is something that uh, we need to remind ourselves sometimes when the going gets tough is we're doing this and we're not going to have regrets because we've, we've given it our best. Yes. Love that. I'm a huge, I've got a few quotes myself that are similar to that. I'm a big Michael Jordan fan and he's got some, some quote where it's like, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you never take. And it's like, you know, if you, you may as well take the shot. If you don't take the shot, you've definitely lost. If you take right. the shot, at least you're putting yourself in the ball game, you know? Yeah, exactly. And there's a, another one I like. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it, it resonates with me personally where it, basically same quote as you. I will never be upset at myself if I tried something and failed at it. But mm-hmm. I will always be, or, or I'll be more upset if I don't even freaking try it. Right. Yeah, so I, exactly. I love that. Well, hey, Demelza, do you want, I've obviously been following you on Facebook for a little while now, but if someone's watching this, listening to this, and they're like, who is this person? What, what does she do? Do you want to let us know in a couple minutes, what is it you actually do there? Okay, so I have a Facebook group, uh, which is Online Course Creators Using Video, which is basically it's as it is on the tin. So <laughs> for those who are wanting to use video with their courses, I'm basically providing a place where people can support one another with video production. Obviously that's my background. So I'm providing support in that group in terms of um, how to produce your videos better so that they are better quality, how to feel more comfortable on camera, all of those kind of things. So that ultimately as a course creator, you can put something out to the world that is of higher quality that will boost your credibility as a course creator, uh, the content that you're sharing. Because if you've got a couple of courses to choose from, which course are you going to choose? The one that looks professionally produced and looks quality or the one that looks amateur? And, you know, we, as much as we don't want to do this, we do judge things by the cover, right? Mm. <laughs> so, you know, if the cover, if the pr- presentation is better, then we tend to put more credibility into that. So I want to help course creators be able to conquer that tech issue of the video production 
to be able to get their content, which I'm sure is great quality, mm. into the um, hands of the people that need it most. Yes, love it. And let's, let's give that group a bit of a shout out there. If you're watching this on Facebook now and you want to join that Facebook group, just comment Facebook group down below and, and me or Demelza will get that link over to you. If you're listening to the podcast, then I'll put it in the show notes. And it's one of those things. It's a no-brainer. Like, I don't know, not one online course creator that's like, nah, I wish my video quality was worse, you know? Or, no, nah, I don't think my video quality really makes a difference. I think everyone would, wouldn't mind a tip or two on how to make their videos look better or how to make themselves look better on video. And, and I think you hit a good point as well, Demelza, where, you know, we don't want to judge a book by its cover, but initially maybe we do right? Your content could be better behind the scenes than the other person, but we might need to, we might judge you by the cover first and then we go behind the scenes there. And it's just a way to get credibility uh, easier. But um, I want to expand on that point a little bit, Demelzia. You're a big fan of of video. My question to you is why should we use video in an online course? Is it, is it not enough just to, you know, get an ebook out there or, you know, just do audio or, and there's no right or wrong. You know, everything's obviously got their place. We're not saying you have to do it or you're not going to sell anything, but where does video fit into that ecosystem or what are it, what are its advantages? What can you tell us there? And actually we can even do this a few different ways. You can even tell us via the actual course, what's the advantage of having it in the course, but I guess also from the marketing side as well, because I'm guessing you could speak to that too, right? Some of the advantages Mm -hmm. in using video on your website or on social media, Mm -hmm. Let us know both ends. I'll sort of sit back and and get your opinion on both ends on that. Okay, you might need to remind me to keep me on track. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think, I I don't remember the exact stat right now, but a huge number of people are watching videos. If you go to YouTube, for example, that's the second largest search engine and people are just, you know, watching YouTube rather than TV even Mm. and just consuming lots and lots of video watching Netflix. So this is a way that people like to consume content. And it's also a great way to remember content because it's incorporating a lot more of your senses. It's visual, it's Mm -hmm. audio. You you can interact a little bit more with the video. So someone is going to remember the content on video much more likely than they are just reading it or listening to it. Uh, Both of which are good things. I think podcasts Mm -hmm. are great and I do a lot of my training my personal training by podcast while I'm getting things done so I think there is a definitely a place for that um, and written word as well um, I have a three-year-old so sometimes you know when I'm putting him down for a nap I'm reading stuff on the phone so there's a really good place for written and audio but I think when it comes to building the no like and trust factor video trumps everything mm-hmm. because you can see the person on the other side you can Um, there's that body language that you get, which you don't get with just the audio or with text. Um, All of these things help build you up in the person in your audience's eyes as someone who is an authority and someone who they can like and trust. And if you've built up all of those things in video, in your free content, um, in your courses, as you are teaching them, if you think about it, if you go to, a university or you know you go to class you've got a teacher right in front of you teaching the content that is how we like to interact we like to have somebody to um to see to interact with as much as you can yep. uh, on video so i think it's important to try and incorporate as much of that as you can in your content because that is going to just build that connection more with your audience and with your students eventually 
Yes, love it. I'll give a quick summary there because you brought up some really, really good points. I love the sensor side of things. So let's say we can use right now and we can do it two different ways. If you're watching this on Facebook where there's a video, you probably feel a little bit closer to Demelza because not only can you hear her, uh, you can also see her as well. You've got, uh, you've got the tone in her voice. You can see her facial expression, the way her body is. You probably feel really, really close to her. Now, listening on the podcast, it's probably okay because you can still hear her voice. You can you know, hear her voice intonation and the way she talks and, and all that sort of stuff there. Uh, if, she, if I just made a post or if Demelza just made a post, it wouldn't be that engaging. It might, might not be bad, but it's like a scale from there. So if we're using video, we're using all of those sensors there, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Also from the no like and trust factor, if you just make a Facebook post, eh, there's not that much trust behind it because let's say um, whatever it is, you know, say someone's doing a, a post and they're like, hey, you know, I'm the best person to teach you how to dress or fashion or whatever it may be. And if you don't know if they are or not because they don't even have a photo or video of them. They could be an absolute bum. Right, but if there's a, a video there, you might. You know what? That person does dress quite well. Oh, there's a few of their their models. You know what? I, I do trust that person there. You know, and I guess you could put a photo there as well. The photo would be okay. You might be like, all right, cool, yeah, they look all right in the photo. But a video is a bit more lifelike, so it, it mm. increases that no like and trust there, uh, and also a bit of the positioning as well. I think because I think we're trained over the past I don't even know hundred years or whatever that if you get on TV, you're famous. Now, I think there's a little bit of that on So Obviously, the bar's dropped, right? Any idiot can do a Facebook Live. You don't need to be famous. Uh, but there's still a little bit of that, where if you see someone on video, because you're doing something that not everyone is doing, any single person in the world can very easily do a Facebook post. But by going on video, yeah, a lot of people will do it, but it's still a higher, higher um, barrier. Not everyone will go on video. So if you do that, you're getting uh, you're positioning yourself a little bit higher because you're doing things that not everyone else is. So love that there. Now, I think you've sold everyone on video, Demelza. Now, my next question from here is around some of those people that maybe are a little bit shy or not confident. So if you're watching on Facebook, even comment below and let us know if that's you. Let us know if you're the sort of person that maybe you get a little bit shy or, um, yeah, maybe not even shy, maybe, maybe not confident. And, and I even know a few people that are confident people in everyday life, but as soon as they've got to go on video, yeah, they just get nervous or uncomfortable or, or they don't want to do it. Have, have you got any tips you could give us or give anyone listening or watching there, Demelza? Yeah, sure. Uh, so basically, I mean, I think the main tip that people will often give is practice. And yes, I would agree with that, that practice is key. However, I would add a but on the end of that mm. and say, practice the right strategies because if you are just practicing and putting yourself out there on camera without any particular strategy on how to improve your confidence then it's just going to be painful it's going to be hard getting on camera it's going to just feel that awkwardness and tension every time that you do it and yes a lot of practice that will diminish but you can speed up the process so much faster if you know the right strategies in order to help you to look better to sound better to feel more confident in yourself on camera camera and if you apply those right away then you're going to skip that whole painful process of trying to figure it out by yourself just by practicing and um i think uh yeah so apply um important strategies and practice obviously um i think 
smiling is a, is a big thing. Mm. I think people like it when there's somebody who's smiling on the other side. It increases the energy. It's a positive energy. We tend to be like, oh, I like that person. She's friendly. Or he, he seems really nice. Mm. Um, and it increases your energy. It increases the ability to come across well. So just by putting a smile on your face is really going to do that. And I know that when you're on camera sometimes and you feel nervous, you tend to be like, you know, you're very serious and you get kind of like, <laughs> you get all stoic and you don't tend to necessarily smile as much because you're, you're trying to focus on doing it right and getting it perfect. And it's more important to be just authentically yourself and just smile and to, you know talk to the person on the other side of the camera like you would talk to a friend over coffee. Mm. Love it. Awesome. All right. So love those tips there. What can you tell us about these strategies, Demelza? Say someone's listening to this or watching this and they're like, all right, cool. I want to practice, but I don't just want to practice and make it painful and get slightly better and almost turn myself off every time. What are a couple strategies some of, some of those people could use when they practice? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Okay, uh, one is to put a photo of somebody that you know, like and trust on mm. the camera lens. Just put a, a hole, obviously, around the camera lens so that the camera can see through it. Mm. But then you, it's like you're talking to a person rather than talking to an object. Uh, mm. So you can imagine that person, let's say it's your family member or friend, you can imagine them interacting with you as you're talking. So it just reduces that barrier a little bit, which makes it a little less intimidating and um, can help with that. Uh, another one would be, well, I already mentioned one, which was, um, oh, now my mind's gone blank. <laughs> um, oh, goodness, let me see. What, what would be a good Smi strategy? The smiling one, was it? Yeah, there's, there's a smiling one. Um, I think as well, just the energy that you have before you start sometimes people mm. don't have that much energy and they need to kind of increase their energy and kind of come across as more energetic and excited not, not excited like it's hyper and you know that kind of thing that's if that's not your personality then that's not how you should come across but you should come across as engaging so mm. it might be that you do some exercises beforehand just to kind of warm up those facial muscles i know that when i'm getting on camera i'm just like making these big silly smiley faces just to warm up my facial muscles to kind of bring in that energy and um, some people might have a lot of energy and be like really like oh i'm so nervous and need to calm down so just having relaxing music just to kind of calm down right before you turn on the um camera can sometimes help just to give you put you back into a, a better frame of uh mind for recording yes love it some good tips there i love that photo one and I think that's important in all social media and just content in general. Even if I'm writing an email to 10,000 people, I pretend like I'm writing it to one person. I just want to speak to that one person. If I'm writing copy, I'm writing a Facebook post, I speak to that one person. And I find that 
come, not only is it easier, it, it comes across as more authentic as well. So I think specifically for video, don't think, ah, I'm putting it out to the internet, which has 4 billion people on there. You know, just speak to that, that one person. If it's something that someone that you like and trust, you've got a photo there, even better. And yes, the energy, the way I like to look at the energy, I'm more a high energy person. You know, I want to have as much energy as I can, but I understand not everyone's like that. What I have found myself is no matter what your energy level is, you need to probably tone it up, uh, turn it up a notch or two when doing a video. Because let's say, for example, you're a, let's say, for example, you're a, a five out of 10 energy person in real life. That's fine. You go on video that's probably going to come across as a three out of 10 energy person, you know? So if you're a five out of 10 energy person in real life, you may have to tone it up to a seven when you do that video, and then it will look like a five for everyone else. That's, that's what I, would you agree like that? You need to probably, I would agree. Everything needs to be a little bit more emphasized. So when you're smiling, it needs to be a little bit more, if you're doing gestures, at least to be a bit more. Uh, So yeah, absolutely. Just turning up that energy. Is, is definitely part of that. Yes, love it. All right, cool. Let's move on from there, Demelza. Let's say someone listening to this, they're like, Demelza, I've got no dramas with confidence. I can, you know, go on and, and do a live video like that. But they look like rubbish. You know, my lighting's bad. My video quality is bad. Um, I just don't know what to do. What, what tips can you give us there about the actual production of the video to make it look good? Whether it's make yourself look good, whether it's make the, the thing you're videoing look good, what tips can you give us there? Okay, so for this, I actually have a framework, which I typically go through. Actually, sorry, sorry. Let me interrupt just there for a sec, going back to the confidence side of things. I remember you mentioned me earlier, you've got a little course that can help people with their confidence on camera, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, So actually, um, uh, on Monday, I opened cart for a confidence on camera challenge. So that uh, starts and runs through September. And that is an opportunity for you to basically... uh, learn something small like the lessons are about five minutes less than 10 minutes and the implementation doesn't take that long and each day you're able to build on the thing before to build up your confidence on camera so by the end of the challenge you are you know um uh, geared up i can't think of the word right now but you've got all the strategies in your toolbox to be able to move forward in a way that you can gain confidence a whole lot quicker than somebody who is just trying to figure it out themselves Yes. Price point on that uh, that program you're starting? That'll be $47. There we go. If confidence is your issue, you can solve your biggest problem for 47 bucks with, with this course here. Sounds like a pretty good deal. If you're watching on Facebook, just write confidence down in the comment section and me and Demelzia will, will, get you, Demelzia will get you over some info. If you're listening on the podcast, I'll put it in the show notes. Sorry to interrupt. I just thought that would be a good time to, to put that in. Let's, yeah, uh, and also, um, as we're talking about podcasts, uh, I mentioned that it's running in September. So if you're listening to this after the fact, I will be running it at other times as well. So don't feel like you've missed out if you missed this uh, open time. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Sorry, my apologies. Let's get back to this framework for the, the video production. Yeah, sure. Okay, so the framework is what I call the LACEY framework. Mm. L-A-C-E-Y. So the uh, L stands for lighting. So lighting is actually really important when it comes to your videos because that is one of the key things that's going to make you look better. Mm. So for example, right now I have a softbox light in front of me and that is what's lighting me right now. Mm. Uh, I have a key light behind which is actually giving me this little hair light on my hair right now Mm. and it's what separates me from the background. 
So you don't have to have a hair light, but what I do recommend is to have a, a light in front of you, basically. Mm. It can be a softbox, it can be a ring light, it can be window light. Any of those are good options. What I would avoid is overhead lighting because that can give uh, bad shadows on your face and we don't want bad shadows on the face. Uh, obviously avoid backlighting because that will give you a silhouetted look and also side lighting will then kind of give you this kind of chop in half look. So where one half of your face is light and one of it's dark, which can look a little bit weird as well. So I know that some uh, people will do more dramatic lighting and and that's fine but i wouldn't start there i would start with having the light in front of you or just slightly off to the side at about 45 degree angle love it okay now let me break it down a little bit because you're obviously quite good at this there's going to be a whole heap of people watching this being like what the hell did she just say so <laughs> let me see if i can um simplify it for some of the people like me who suck at video production so to my understanding if we had to summarize that the best thing to do is have some sort of a light in front of you. Would that be the, the basis there? That's the thing to remember is light in front. Awesome. Now let's say, we'll get to the, the actual lighting in a sec, but even let's say if you have no lights and you, you're looking for somewhere in your, in your place, your apartment, your house to take a video, you'd want to find some sort of natural lighting and get that in front of you. Is that right? Whether that's a window. This is a fake background I've got here, but ideally I would be facing that window, right? Having that natural light onto me. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. And I would do whatever possible to avoid it being behind me and to the yeah. side of me because that would just uh, either give me half a half-lit head or yeah. it will give me a silhouette, either of those which we don't want, right? That's right. And also even your overhead lighting, like I said, it can give shadows um, like under your nose. You'll get this in shadow because the lighting is coming down and it, it's not as flattering. So if you want to look good on camera, you want the lighting in front of you. Lighting in front. Good tip. Now, you mentioned a few things, a soft box and a key light. I have yep. no idea what those things are. Now, <laughs> is I, I'm not sure if you could show us now if we're on Facebook. Can you turn your computer around and show us or not quite with Let's what you Okay. If you're listening uh, okay. to the podcast, join the Facebook group so you can see. All right. So that's the softbox. That's the softbox. There okay. you. Oh, there we go. There's me. Look at that. <laughs> and up there is the hair light. Okay. There we go. Okay. So that's kind of lighting my background. So okay. those are the two lights that I have on. Um, let's get this set back up. So uh, I also, like right in front of me, I have some French doors. So during the day, I could potentially just not even worry about any artificial lights, the studio lights. I could just mm -hmm. open up the, wind the curtains and have the light coming in. The, the, the challenge with using daylight, especially in the UK, mm -hmm. is that we have a lot of cloud coverage. So yeah. sometimes it can be cloud and have this kind of nice, softer tone. And then the clouds will go and the sun will come out and it'll be very harsh. So it can have this big temperature changes in terms of your recordings, especially if it's a pre-recorded video, that's going to be really hard to edit later because I have had many, many struggles with that. <laughs> and in the end, I actually gave up using natural light. I've just now, I just record with studio lights because I can control it better. So you may find that that is the same for you. You might want to start with natural light because it's free and it's mm. a good lighting if you can do it during the day obviously if it's at night you'll struggle <laughs> but um otherwise i would use studio lights because you have a lot more control over that so a soft box is good it's kind of bulky so the other option would be a ring light which is like a little ring that you stick the camera in the middle and oh, then that yes. will re that will light you up directly in front 
Uh, another option would be LED panels, which would be like the softbox, but it's a lot more compact. What's a cost-effective way for someone starting off? What price are we looking at and what uh, should they type in eBay or Google? <laughs> Softboxes are actually cheaper than the ring light as far as okay. I can gather, yep. uh, but they are more bulky, like I said, and they're a little bit more challenging to set up. It's not really bad, but it, it's com in comparison. Um, so LED lights are probably the nicest to use in terms of um, they give a good light that like the soft box and they're more compact, but they're the most expensive. Mm. So that would be ring lights probably right in the middle. Okay. Makes sense. Cool. So that's our L uh, lighting cupboard. A what's uh, what's a, a is for audio. Oh yes. So okay. it's really important to get good quality audio because it's well known that people tolerate bad video more than they tolerate bad audio. Yes. So if the audio is bad, <laughs> you're pretty much done for. Mm. So um, in order to get good audio, really, you want to make sure your environment is quiet. So if there's a lot of noise going on in the background, that is going to be distracting to people. Uh, so try and, uh, try and record at a quiet time. Another thing to think about is using a, an external microphone. So mm -hmm. for right now, hopefully this doesn't mess things up, I am using a Blue Yeti studio microphone. Oh, yes. And, um, that is what I typically use for this kind of thing where it's, com it's computer-based. Mm. When I'm recording my YouTube videos, I'm using a shotgun microphone, which is the one that kind of points out at you on top of the camera. And then sometimes I will use a lavalier or a lapel mic, which is the one that clips to your shirt. Mm. The nice thing about the one that clips to the shirt is it doesn't matter if you're facing the camera or not, mm. it pick up good audio. It doesn't matter if you're far away from the camera, as long as you're wearing um, a wireless set, you can be you know, several 10, 20 feet down the road <laughs> and you'll yes. still pick up good audio. So it depends on your specific circumstances as to which microphone would be the best but i would definitely recommend an external microphone to get good audio yes agree 100 percent. so let me summarize that so first of all audio is probably more important than, than video here so it's like you know if the video is not great quality obviously we want it as good quality as possible but if it's the video quality is okay but the audio is good eh, we might still listen but if the audio is rubbish, doesn't matter how good the video is, we're not, not even watching it. So we need to have that audio under control. Step one is just get in front of a quiet environment. If it's, if it's loud, you're gone. And I learned this the hard way. Uh, I just used to get my phone and I used to do workout videos outside. And even just the wind, even if there was no people out there, just the wind, you couldn't even hear what I was saying. So that's one tip there. And then what I learned about the, the microphone when I was doing, and you touched on it as well, Demelza, when I was doing like workout videos, if I didn't have a lapel mic and I was you know, facing a camera or whatever, and then I turned around to speak to this person here, you couldn't hear what I was saying in the, the camera there. So I was like, all right, hold on, better get a, a microphone there. So very good tips there. Now that blue Yeti mic, I feel like every podcaster in the world has that. Is that like the, the go-to microphone that's good quality that doesn't break the bank? Is that... Is that where you'd put that or? Yeah, so um, I looked, when I first got it, I was basically looking for a good quality microphone that could be used for podcasting or basically any computer-based work. So if you're uh, recording your courses, doing like a screen share, that kind of thing, this would be a great option for that. There are cheaper options and obviously more expensive options. I would say this is, um, this is good quality. So yep. it is on the higher end, 
sort of. Uh, it's over a hundred. Um, how much is it? Is I think it's a. Uh, I think it's like 120 or 130 quid or dollars, pounds or dollars. I think it's in dollars. Oh, okay, that's not too I bad for a for so a good microphone. Yeah. Um, I think uh, for me it was like just over 100 pounds, but um, I think the actual dollars they actually sell it cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's around 120, 130 dollars. I think. Okay. Cool. Awesome. All right. So lighting, audio, got those, and I. Just, just even I don't even know what this lazy framework is, but I feel like those two are the the big two, right? You get your lighting, you get your audio, then you're. Eh, it's almost like expected now, right? It's almost like the lighting bad and the audio is bad. I'm not even going to pay attention. But okay, your lighting is good, your audio is good. Okay, now I'm going to pay attention. I feel like the CEY is going to be the things that give us the the little one percenters, right? What can you <laughs> tell us about C? So C is for camera. Yes. And. We're talking about camera angles because oh. I think times we just don't think about where our camera is placed. Mm. If we are using a webcam, for example, this is where it very often shows up. Uh, we might be using a laptop and then we're looking down at the camera mm. or we might have a, one of these big screens and we'd be looking up at the camera. Mm. And the ideal scenario is to have the camera at eye level or maybe just slightly above because otherwise there is a subconscious feeling of if you are looking down at them on the camera there's a sense of superiority and that makes them feel inferior now they may not be able to kind of process that, that thought <laughs> but you want to remove all barriers as much as possible so you want to make it as um as friendly as peer-to-peer uh, -peer as you can without um coming across as superior uh, and likewise if you are looking up at them then they're superior mm -hmm. and you don't want that because you're the one that's teaching them you don't want them to feel more superior to you and you to feel inferior or to come across as inferior so the best way to do it is to come across as peer-to-peer -peer and that puts their, their guards down and gives you a best way to communicate with the message that you're trying to communicate and it makes you look better too yes I, i've learned that in selfies you know when you do a, a live video with your phone right if you have it like let's see if i if i have it like down there where what's worse? Yeah, the down is worse, right? If you have it down there, you get the double chin and yeah, exactly. it doesn't look nice. You know, if you put it up high, just a bit above you, you look so much better. And I, I learned it the way I remember it is if my shoulder isn't sore after doing a, a live video selfie, I haven't done a selfie problem, uh, selfie properly. That's sort of yeah. my guideline. You, if you do a good live video selfie style, your shoulder should be sore. So that's the way I, I sort of remember that. So, all yeah. right, camera angles. Sounds good uh e what have we got for e e is for editing oh yes this is something i do zero of so i'm interested here so editing um i'm actually going to take it not to what we normally think about in terms of editing we're going to take it before you even record anything oh. and to kind of pre-edit in your mind what mm. you want your videos to look like because if you pre-edit you are likely to have everything that you want when it comes to actually putting everything together. Mm. So for example, if you are teaching anything which is um, creative space or in the, well, basically where you're gonna be demonstrating something, then you're likely to want to get B-roll, which is all the extra video that shows how, shows what it is you're working on or shows how to do something. Now, if you don't think about that in advance, it could well be that you get to the editing suite and you're like, oh man, I don't have anything that demonstrates what I'm wanting to talk about. Mm. So you want to know um, exactly what you want to share and then make sure that you've got a shot list of everything that you want to make 
sure that you've got as well that you can then include in your editing because you don't want to have to go back and get it again later. Mm. <laughs> it can be really annoying. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Now, B-roll. For those of us, uh, I've got a rough idea what it is, but there may be some people listening. They're like, what the hell is B-roll? What's, uh, yeah. what's B-roll there, Demelza? Okay, so right now uh, we're talking on screen and we can see each other. So this would be considered a role. So when you're recording your courses, your talking head video part would be your A role. But if you are talking about something and you want to show a demonstration of it or you want to show a picture of it, it can be video, it can be images, it can be cartoons, it can be whatever. But basically the idea is it cuts away from you and shows what it is that you're talking about um, or what you want to refer to. So it's um basically like i said a demonstration okay cool so i can get my head around this say we were recording a video of I don't know, playing the piano for an example yeah. it would be like i would just i would do the talking head part and then i would keep talking as per normal but in my head i would be thinking all right you know uh, i'm going to b-roll a video of me actually playing the piano over the top of this is that what we mean there by editing yeah, so basically, if I, the piano is a great idea. So you're talking about what it is you're going to play and what notes you're going to do, but now you want to see the notes. So you have another camera overhead, you're looking at the keyboard, and you're playing those notes as you're talking about them. So you're still hearing yourself, hearing you talk on the screen, mm. but now instead of looking at you, we're now looking at the keys as you play the keys. Okay, gotcha. Makes sense. All right, so that's the L-A-C-E. What do we finish off with with the Y, Demelza? The Y is for you. Oh, for yourself. yes. yes. Uh, so obviously we've uh, touched on this already that uh, it's important to put yourself on camera and also just to be, be yourself, um, be authentic, be um, who you are because there is no one else like you mm. and it's, people are going to be attracted to you as a person. And... I, I would just capitalize that on that. You are going to put some people off and that's fine. They're not your people. <laughs> and you're going to attract the people that are going to be the right people for you. Uh, so if you are naturally quieter, then that's fine. If you put off people that are wanting the more high energy people, mm. you're going to attract the people that are quieter and that are going to resonate with you. So I encourage you to put into practice those things that we talked about earlier in terms of finding the strategies to improve your confidence and that kind of thing. Uh, but ultimately you want to be um, authentically yourself. And sometimes that can be just a little bit of time to get to the point where you do feel like you're authentically yourself on camera, but uh, it's really important to put yourself out there and build that no like and trust factor with your audience. Yes. Love it. It's uh, one of my favorite quotes is if you try and please everyone, you'll end up pleasing no one because right. and one of, you know what my favorite, my uh, most hated word, most hated word or phrase in the world is it's when someone will say, Hey, people don't like that or people like this. And it's like, well, hold on. People are all different, right? Some people yeah. may like a quieter person. Some people right. may like a high energy person. And yeah, maybe majority of people might like that there, but mm -hmm. you be yourself, right? You're going to attract people that, that like that person. And I learned this back in my fitness days when I used to run a fitness boot camp. Same sort of thing, right? If I tried to um, please everyone and do the exercises that everyone wanted to do, I just could never please everyone because some people would like it, some people wouldn't, and it just wouldn't work. But if I was like, all right, hold on, I'm just going to do the sort of workouts that I like doing, and then the people that like these types of workouts 
are going to freaking love it. And the people that don't like it, they're not going to sign up, but that's fine. I don't want those people anyway, because there's enough of the people that like the style that I do. And then they're going to be happier because every single session they're going to like, I'm going to be happier because it's more, more my authentic style and it's a win-win all around. And yeah, there's going to be a heap of people that are never going to sign up, but that's much better than just having an okay boot camp of a few people that are going to like every second session. So I, I love that there. But um, hey, I've got to be sensitive of time, Demel, so I know it's late over there in the UK. So there's a few, um, few questions I'd just like to finish up with. Now, okay. everyone listening to this, watching to this, they're going to be online course creators. The question I ask every single one of my guests is what's your platform of choice for creating an online course? Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Okay, the one I have chosen is New Zenla, and I actually went from... Am I allowed to say this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, went from Thinkific originally, and mm-hmm. I liked the platform, but it didn't do everything that I really wanted it to be able to do. And I didn't like some of the aspects like their sales page and that kind of thing. Whereas when I went to New Zenla and saw all that they were offering and the platform, I just felt everything was much better designed, works really well, and has so much potential. So I really think New Zenla is definitely the way to go. Yes. My, my personal preference. <laughs> Me as well. I'm a New Zenla fan. I, I've used all of them. You know, I went from WordPress to ClickFunnels to uh, Teachable. I, I played around on Thinkific a bit. I'm, I'm on New Zenla now because I feel, why do I like it? It's got a good balance of the course and the sales pages as well. So I mm-hmm. found that ClickFunnels was significantly good for the sales and the funnels and that sort of thing, but it lacked a little bit in the course um, side of things. I found that Teachable was really good for the course side of things and probably same with Thinkific as well, but it lacked a little bit on the, the sales page side of things. I found New Zenla hit both of them. I found that Kajabi also hits both of them as well. Kajabi's a, another really good one. The difference mm-hmm. being New Zenla at the moment, because it's in beta, it's something like 450 bucks a year, whereas Kajabi is like 400 bucks a month. So it's for the same sort of thing. So, and, and look, Kajabi might be a little bit more professional and uh, might even be a little bit better, I would say. But is it 12 times as good? I wouldn't say so. That's why I like New Zealand. I think it's got everything you need at that price point there. And yeah, it may not be perfect, but you're paying 400 bucks a year. What do you expect? You know, that's sort of... And it's going to improve. I mean, they're making improvements all the time. So, you know, getting in now while it's still in beta and being able to secure that lower price is I think a very good deal. Yes, that's another good point as well. So that's what sucked me in actually. I was like, ah, it's gonna be so much work to change everything over to New Zenla. But then I was like, hold on. I read somewhere that it's a lifetime price where it's like, if I sign up now, it's 400 bucks a year for the rest of my life. Shut up and take my money. Even if I don't, it's worth it for the gamble. Even if I do it for a year and don't like it, okay, I'll gamble that in there. So I, I like that there. 
Uh, Demilza, my next question goes into mentors. Now, you're obviously a mentor for plenty of online course creators and, and video creators out there. Who are your mentors? And you can do this in a few different ways. And it doesn't even need to be a video person. It might just be a person that's inspired you to start your online course or do your marketing. Who are your mentors? And it could be a paid program you've done. It could be people you follow on social media. Who, who, who do you look up to there? Okay, um, I have a handful, so I'm going yes, <laughs> to wrap them up. So Amy Porterfield, oh, uh, yes. I've listened to her podcasts for a long time and she's really given me so much value in terms of being able to create an online course business. So I totally recommend Amy Porterfield. Um, another one is in terms of video production, I would say Sean Cannell. And okay. he's the one that wrote YouTube Secrets. Uh, he... Uh, Think Media is his channel on YouTube and he has a lot of video production related and tech related stuff. In fact, I interviewed him on my channel. So if you go to my channel, you can see that interview with him as well, where we talked about tech for online course creators. So um, I would recommend him and uh, as well, Sunny Leonard Doozy. Oh, yes. I've done her YouTube course actually. I, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I've actually met her a couple times. I'm in a couple of her videos. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I met her at Social Media World, Digital Marketing oh, yeah. World, and she does this thing. Um, I, she gave me a hundred US dollars. I'll, I'll send you over a photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> she's got some intro she does on YouTube, you know, where it's like you have to do this, and she taught it. She's like, all right, right. If anyone can memorize that and and um, do it up on stage, I'll give you a hundred US dollars right now. And I, I just heard the hundred US dollars. I put my hand up and. <laughs> lucky i take a lot of notes and i had it written there and yeah so that was really cool that is cool yeah so i, I was able to interview both of them on my youtube channel and uh, i think both of them have youtube courses that i would recommend they were both very good and um, and then as far as marketing goes russell brunson oh um, yes. so i'm actually reading the secrets trilogy right now <laughs> me too I just, before getting on this, I just read a, a chapter of Traffic Secrets. Well, I've been reading Expert Secrets because I'm preparing a webinar. Nice. Yes. Oh, yes. So, uh, yeah, just, I, I, there's so much value in there. And I just love his um, heart to serve and to just give all the tools that you need to actually make your business work. And it's, it's tested. I mean, when you look at his funnels and the amount of testing he's done personally, and the success that he's had, he, he's gone through it. He's not someone who's just talking about it. Yes, I, um, yeah, so some legends in there. Let's, let, let me give those another shout out. So Amy Porterfield, Sean Cannell, Sonny Lenarduzzi, and Russell Brunson. Now, you've almost answered my next question as well, which was what book do you recommend every aspiring course creator read? Now, you've touched on the, the Russell Brunson trilogy there. Well, yeah. if you've got any others, let us know. I'll just expand a second on the Russell Brunson trilogy. And that's pretty much every guest I said, uh, interview says the same thing as well. And I, the first book I didn't like too much. It was okay. But the, the second book, The Expert Secrets, that basically breaks down. It's a, it's a book for online course creators. He's basically teaching, hey, if you want to create an online course, that's his, ex, his expert is putting together an online course. And he just breaks down exactly what you need to run a successful online course business. He breaks down his exact webinar strategy to the to the T, you know, I've spent like thousands of dollars on on courses on how to do a webinar that wasn't as good as what's taught in in Russell Brunson's Expert Secrets, and then his Traffic Secrets is like I, I would pay 
$5,000 to do a course that teaches what's in his book for seven bucks free shipping or, or whatever he charges for now. So I recommend every single person watching this, listening to this, read that book there. Any others you want to recommend there, Demelza, or, or would that be your, your book of choice for entrepreneurs? Those would definitely be probably top of list. Another one um, I've enjoyed recent reading recently is The One Thing. And oh, just the yes. idea that, you know, focus on your lane and don't get distracted by everything else. Because yeah. I know from my story, um, I started in the course creation world about just over three years ago. And then I got distracted with something else thinking, oh, this will help me make money faster because I was in a tight spot. Mm. But then that distracted me from everything that I was working on and put me basically a year behind where I could have been. Yes. And I could have, you know, really focused in on what I was doing and be a lot clearer and a lot further ahead than I am at the moment if I had just done that. So I feel like learn from my mistake, <laughs> keep focused on what your goal is and then really work towards that and don't get distracted by other things. Yes. That's Gary Keller. The one thing. Um, yes. Awesome. Yes. And such a good point. And that, that's one thing I hear a lot of course creators as well. You know, it's like, Hey, how's your course creation going? And Oh yeah, look, I'm building my course. And then I'm also building a YouTube channel. And then I'm also going on Instagram and then I've also got a podcast and I'm building my Facebook group and I'm, and sort of going around in, you're not doing anything in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, but you know, what's your goal to make, are you making sales? Okay. Hey, let's focus on one of those. You know, what do you want to yeah. do? And okay, cool. Now let's focus on the other Seeing That's a, a good point there. Um, Demelza, someone's watching this. They're like, all right, this woman is cool. I want to follow her for, for more tips, tricks, and, and strategies. Where do we go to follow you on social media? Is it your YouTube channel? Is it your Facebook group, your website, your Instagram, all of them? Where, where do we go? Yeah, yes, all of them. Um, so Facebook group is the online course creators using videos. So that's where I'm possibly, uh, yeah, definitely most active. So I'm pretty much in it every day. And um, that's where you get a lot of the tip strategy and then engagement with other people who are also course creators and some of them who are, well, most of them who are using video. So you can get not just me, but also feedback from other people. Um, my YouTube channel has a whole bunch of videos on how to make videos, <laughs> as well as business and course creation stuff. Uh, so I would encourage you to check those out because that's free resources right there. And my website is demelzamarie.com. I do have an Instagram at the moment, as we were talking about earlier. I am not focusing as much on that right now just because I need to focus on uh, some other things in my world. But it is there and it will be picked up again um, as soon as I can do that. Awesome. I think that was all of them. Cool. Well, what we'll do, if you're listening to it on the podcast, I'll put the links in the show notes. If you're watching on Facebook and you want those links, just comment the links down below and either me or Demelza will get over to you. Uh, Demelza, that's, that's all I wanted to get through today. Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't or is there anything you want to finish us off with? Uh, not that I can think of. Just if you are listening to this right now, then uh, be sure to come over to the Facebook group and you can join me for the masterclass next Monday where I'll be sharing a little bit more about the confidence on camera and uh, the challenge that's coming up. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, Demelza. I know it's late over there in, in the UK, so you're welcome to, to leave this Zoom here. I'll just do a bit of a close on Facebook for those people watching, but you're free to, to get out of here and, and go get your, your sleep for tonight. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this awesome. opportunity. Awesome. Thanks, Demelza. Thank you. Bye. You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. 
Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. 